All right, everyone. So I am Carrie Littlesmarker, Omedia.com, and the broker owner, designated managing broker, all that great stuff of Caremark Realty Group in the state of Illinois. So create a CMA that gets you hired. Create a CMA that gets you hired. So this is what I'm going to say to all of you. You need to go back. And I wonder if I'm, get, I'm getting up for a second. You need to go back to the original consultation. So I'm intentionally getting up because I have, and this is built out. Uh-oh. This is already built out, but I need to, you're going to need Tylenol, ibuprofen. You might want to drink. It is, in most cities, it is past noon um, and it is Friday. So you need to go back to the original consultation with your seller. That's the first thing. Some, now, let me say this. If you call me to list your house, if you need like something like this. Now, this is old school. I do have a Google form. This is old school. I have a Google form. Um, you need to go back to the original consultation. But if you call me to list your house and I have the address, I can find, find out more about your house in minutes. You can remind, realist, RPR. RPR is getting a major update February 24th and in my MLS. So I can find out more about you in minutes, even if I don't have the details. But let's just assume you didn't know anything. You didn't know about the property. You didn't know what you didn't know. And you didn't know you could probably Google the house to find out about the house. Not that you should do that, but you could. So you need to, if you're taking notes, I have these numbered, although this may not be in specific order. Um, yes, March 10th, 6 8 p.m. So go back to your original consultation when you talk to the seller. Now in all of this, and I don't even have this as a number, you need to get in the house. You need to either be walked through via FaceTime, via Zoom, or you need to physically see the house because it really does help you when you build your CMA because you get the feel of the house especially if you are not savvy with the neighborhood. There are some places I can go into where I bought my first townhouse. I don't need to be in the house. If I can see the inside of the house, it really does help, but I know the layout for every single unit because I work for the builder. Now, number two, now that was kind of a number one. Number two, you need to look at the full marketplace in your city. And yes, I'm talking faster because I got a lot. Number two, you need to look at the full marketplace in the city. Now, why do you need to do that? You need to understand what's happening. So in the city I live in, we could have a house sell for $70,000, and maybe I'm dreaming a little bit, up to a few million, because we have some really big lots and some really hidden little gems. Um, so you need to know what's happening in the full marketplace, because someone's going to ask you. So you need to understand that. And I'm going to suggest, if you're taking notes, you should know what happened last month. You should know what happened in the last three months, the last six months, nine months, and 12 months. And because you need, you might need to develop a pattern. The pandemic changed everything, right? The pandemic changed everything. So even when I, but let me say this, because I'm going to tell you, I'll give you some tips uh, on how you can do this. Even when I go back and look at the um, trend lines, like by month, what I have figured out is how homes will still sell for higher in certain months and lower in other months. So that trend didn't change even because of the pandemic. Now that might not be true when I get to June of 2021, I'll let you know. Number three, what's selling based on the same type of home? And I have this written a couple of ways. So I'm gonna to go to my other view. Um, Cause in my download, it doesn't look that way. So here, know the homes that are selling. This would be your number three. You need to know the homes that are selling. So when I say that, if I live in my old neighborhood, we have um, uh, traditional homes, we have Georgian homes, we might have bungalows. You need to know the house that's moving. Could be based on two bedroom, three bedroom, or four bedroom, but you need to know what, is, what types of homes are flying off the market. You need to know that. What's selling that's different? What's selling that's different? Number five, and I kind of combine them in my download, what's not selling? And when I say what's not selling, I mean, like look at price points. What's not selling in the market where you're about to list a house? Because the goal is when I say create a CMA to get you hired, you need to be listing properties by data. 
Now we can feel good. Sometimes some of you are really good with your gut. I have a friend who's the only, she is um, leader of a team and she's like, here, I just have a gut. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it. But she probably just knows the marketplace really well because she's been selling real estate for over 25 years. But we need to list houses by the numbers. So when we go back and we talk to our sellers and we talk about data, it is a guaranteed way to get hired. Now, some sellers might push back and they might want you to test the market, but here's what you should know, not in my notes. When you list properties and you talk to your sellers based on the numbers and the seller says, you know you should list at 199. And the seller's like, but I want to list at 225. When you look at data, you can say to the seller, that's fine. We are going to, um, I'm not sharing my screen. I'm looking at my screen. I'm not sharing my screen. I will make a download for you, but you got to wait for it because my life changed. We switched from DocuSign to that loop in 24 hours and I'm stressed out. But we'll talk about that story another day. Um, so you need to know, see, now I lost my train. <laughs> I'll come back to that, I think. Um, you need to know what's not selling um, and you need to be able to make it. Yeah, Data overcomes, yes, data overcomes everything. Thank you. So if you have a seller that says, I want to list at 225, Carrie, but you're saying 199, you can say, okay, I tell you what we're going to do. You can, yes, you can deal with objections. So when I show the seller, this is what the market says. And here's what's not in my list. I, I need to write this down. Um, I'm just going to type it in my Evernote. Um, when you talk to a seller, these are things you need to know that don't apply to data. You need to know why the seller needs to move. Because if you don't know why the seller needs to move, you can't deal, you can't help them make a decision to drop the price when they're ready to drop the price. Okay. So when saying that, if my seller says, I want to list at 225, um, and you're saying 199, you can say, okay, I tell you what we're gonna do. If you are adamant, because I could walk out of here because you're going to, excuse me, you're going to want to list your property at 225 with someone else. In this market, you could easily say, yeah, Carrie, I want to list. I'm willing to test the market. Inventory is low. Test the market. But when you test the marketplace, have a plan to get that price dropped if it doesn't move. And then again, you need to know why the seller needs to move. Because if you don't know why, you can't deal with objections and the seller might say to you, well, Carrie, um, I don't need to move. And that's an entirely different conversation because if they don't need to move, they're willing to test the marketplace. So you need to know that. Okay, um, what is the predictions, predictive analytics in the coming months? This is where I'm going to push all of you to learn how to read market data. And some of you are like, nope, Carrie, I just can't do it. Yes, you can. If I can learn how to read market data, you can too. Listen, I was first chair in the marching band, played flute. I was a cheerleader. I was an A student in my sewing class. Let's be clear, I could sew. I, I was really good with my hands. I can edit, edit well. I knew how to edit television. I That was passion to me. Like I could, when they used to have shop in high school over the summer, I could build. I could build things just as good as anybody else. I could put together a lamp. I'm even faster at putting together a dresser in our house than my husband because I, I know how to, I, I shouldn't say it that way I read. Mark might not read. So my point is, is you, if I can learn how to read market data, you can too. So you need to learn how to predict the market. And I promise you, if I opened up my InfoSparks and my MLS, I can tell you what's going to happen in June. So you got to know how to do that. All right. And yes, from InfoSparks, if you don't have InfoSparks, market view. If you don't have market view, I need to go to RPR. If you don't, everyone has RPR. Major update to 24th. If you aren't using RPR, you need to learn how to build this in your MLS. If you didn't get my spreadsheet, when I create, finish this download, I will add links to a spreadsheet you can copy to figure out month supply. It is already built for you. Number um, seven if you're taking notes. What months do homes sell for more and by what percent? What months in your marketplace do homes sell for more? Do any of you know, or would you make it up? Because I could tell you if I open up InfoSparks. Number eight, and we just said it, you gotta know how to explain it. 
Number nine, you need to create a market analysis based on your original consultation. So we haven't gotten to the comparative market analysis yet. So here we go. Here's when it gets hard for my new realtor friends. When someone calls you to list a house, there are more ways to skin a cat, right? I could, and I love, I shouldn't say that. It sounds so, so terrible. There are more ways to build a comparative market analysis, but I'm going to give you some basics. And if you stick to that, then you can add on later. So here we go. Start with what's closest to the property or start with the same subdivision. Then you might, when I say closest to the property, you know, within 100 feet. But if you're not finding anything and you don't have the same subdivision. So where I grew up, we had streets and blocks. Although in Broadview, Illinois, there are subdivisions. Most agents don't know that there's a subdivision in Maywood, Bellwood, Oak Park, in Broadview and Hillside, Westchester. They were just created by the township. You just didn't know that. So you're going to stick with the same subdivision within the same city. And uh, do any of you know how far out an appraiser will go when they look for comps? Anyone, type it in the feed. Does anyone know how far an appraiser will go when they look up data? No one wants to take a stab at that? Okay, here we go. An appraiser does not want to go out. Thank you, Realtor Latrice. They don't want to go out more than a mile. And you know what? I should have just said Caramark Realty Group agents. What's up? So yes, a mile. Now, I will typically start with a half a mile or point, point 0.3 because I want to see what's closest to the property, but I will always stay in the same subdivision. So for those of you, not days back yet, not days back, but how far out will they go when it comes to distance from the home? I should have said that better. So yes. And then in that case, how many um, months back will an appraiser go when they look up look for comps? Depending on the marketplace, six months or less. Now, I just said to you a mile or less, but what if you have the same subdivision? But you found a comp, Angela, in the subdivision next door. I don't care if the subdivision next door has better comps, the appraiser is not going to use them unless nothing has sold in your subdivision. That is the only reason to go out beyond your subdivision. Now here's the, oh, by the way, for those of you that sell farms, for those of you that sell very large lots, this is when the appraiser might adjust. And if you're selling a home that is historical, I have had an appraiser go out more than a mile. So even though we said less than a mile, same neighborhood, same subdivision, um, you, there's always a, and it's, it depends. But if we were sticking with some specific rules within a mile or the same subdivision, six months or less. And then again, large, my, large lots, the mile may not apply. Now, every MLS is different. So what we're going to do, because my MLS might be different from yours, then you're going to start with like homes. So you're gonna um, start with the same type of home. So for example, if I were listing a property that was all brick, but like the three houses nearby that just sold are not all brick, we're looking, we're going out a mile and we're looking for the same property, the same style of house. Now we said six months or less, which is my number 13. You guys are like, what number is she on? Number uh, 14. And I'll ask this question, the question of all of you. Um, how many comps do you need to get a, um, a price? How many comparables do you need to get a price? How many comparables do we need? And while you're thinking about that and typing them in the feed, um, I want you to think about median and average. Is average better or is median better? Is average or median? So yes, you need three to get an average. Um, I'm going to recommend that you try to find five properties because we don't know what the appraiser is gonna choose. And we know it's frowned upon for you to talk to the appraiser, although I'm putting together a packet for the appraiser. And here is a, a tip. When you create your market analysis in your MLS, please save the search. And then when you save the search, title it, make it a manual search if possible, Title it CMA and the address or CMA and the client's name. So you don't have to reinvent this search every single time. 
So yes, median is median is actually better because you get rid of the outliers. So outliers could be if you know you have five properties and uh, or three. Let's go with five, and you um, total up the the um, cost of all of those, and you divide by five, you get the average. But what if a house sold for fifty thousand, one sold for three fifty? You need to get rid of the houses that did not compare. Or what if one of those was new construction? It's an outlier, so you would need to get rid of it. Now, when, when you listen to the media in your marketplaces, I need you to listen. Some of you don't like to, wa to watch the news. You need to watch the news. Did you guys notice? No braces? Retainer, I'm struggling today. But anyway, you need to watch the news to listen to what they say. So when your seller calls you and says, hey, the news said, you can say, let me tell you what's different. The news is looking at the, at the county. I'm very specific and I'm looking at your neighborhood only. The news, they're not walking into your house. Zillow didn't walk into your house. Um, Realtor.com didn't walk into your house. Trulia didn't walk into your house. You walked into the house. I'm the agent, you know, and I know the marketplace better than the news. They talk in a broad um, perspective. Okay, so. Um, I'm recommending five. If I can find a few more, I'm going to keep that for my arsenal. So when the appraiser does their CMA, their appraiser version of the market analysis, I at least have all the data of what they might think. Now, do appraisers look at distressed deals in this marketplace? Do appraisers look at distressed deals in this marketplace? Hmm, right? So if I know that there are 10 distressed deals and there are 500 traditional, an appraiser should never, ever, ever have to look at a distressed deal. If they're comparing your house to a distressed deal, you should be able to respectfully put in your packet that you leave it at home for the appraiser to take. I just want to let you know that there was a property that closed that was a short sale in the foreclosure, but we should have enough comps where we don't need to use those. You know, because there are some appraisers that they know what they know. Now the next one, so we already said no, the median um, closed price and the average. You need to look at the photos of the interior homes. You, some of you, we just look, we're quick. I can be quick, but if you don't know what's been updated, so a good example would be is I know that the everyone is knocking out their kitchen walls and they're making open spaces, but I don't really want to open up that dining room to the kitchen. Um, but I really want to sell for what the neighbors sold for, but I didn't make that change. That is a, you can now prove to the seller that they're not going to get what they think they should get. So are they willing to take that risk? If they did make the change at an affordable price or, or whatever is affordable for them, would they, they, they be able to make more money? So you need to make sure you're looking at all the photos and are the homes equal? This is where some of you need to take the RPR class. Um, because RPR does refine value down to the zip code level. And so you can use slider bars to determine if those properties are actually equal. Right now in Illinois, all houses look the same outside, right? We got a lot of snow. We have a lot of snow and we're getting more Saturday or Sunday. Um, so, and what if you can't find apples to apples? This is where there's some classes you need to take. But let's go with this. Now write this down. CBS, C, C, is it B? I can't figure out what S is. So CBS, so C, comparable, better, subtract. So if, so this is my subject property and this is the comparable. If the comparable is better than my subject property, I need to bring the value down. So if the comparable is better, I need to subtract from the subject. The subject never changes because I haven't made any updates, so I'm not going to bring it up or down. So if the comparable is better, and I, broker price opinions are just like creating a market analysis, you just do more work. Um, so if the comparable is better, you subtract. So let's say, for example, my subject property had two and a half bathrooms and the comparable had three. You need to determine the cost of a half bath and once you determine it, you will do a minus and bring the value down. So we can compare apples to apples. Now, if the subject is better, you need to add to the comparable. S, B, A. S is in Sam, B is in ball, A is in apple. 
So if the sub, uh, um, so subject is better, you add, so SBA. So if the subject is better than the comparable, you add. So now if the subject has two and a half baths and the comparable only has two, you need to add a half bath. So you would add dollars to the half bath. And you can use refined value in RPR. I still believe powered by Hanley Woods Magazine. Now, some of you are like, well, Carrie, what if I want to go figure out that price myself? That's when you would probably, you could use square footage, but we don't use square, we typically don't use square footage in bathrooms, but you can go look at what homes sold for that were two and a half baths, or you can go figure out what homes sold for that were two, and you should be able to do the math. But if there is nothing, this is when you might need to call your contractor friends. This is when, um, when you um, walk into uh, Home Depot, uh, in the Menards, in the Lowe's, you need to know who you can talk to to find out the cost of putting in an upgraded bathroom. Is it a luxury bathroom? Is it a closet that's converted to a bathroom? What is the cost of that bathroom? And you can get those costs in RPR, Realtors Property Resource, powered by the National Association of Real Estate. You, you know what, the hand thing, it really, because listen, I am a visual learner, so comparable better, you subtract, comparable better, subject better, you add, otherwise you don't get it. So there is no list. In RPR, you have to put in what, the, the, um, what you're um, adjusting, and then you'll get the value for it. They'll give you a dollar. I know I made that sound easy. Oh, here's a tip. For those of you that um, in your offices, ask an appraiser to have coffee with the agents in your office. And I'm sure they'd be happy to do that over Zoom. They might be a little busy right now, but we used to have an appraiser come in the office. I've done it twice in my office. And the appraiser would talk about how they get values for um, changes in a property. Like how do they value hardwood floors versus pergo versus carpet? So you can figure that out by talking to an appraiser. You need an appraiser friend. All right. Um, and, a and, and here's another tip, and, and you need to know your marketplaces. RMLS tells you what a room is, room counting guidelines, and then you talk to, to an appraiser, and the appraiser's like, nope, it has to have a closet. So in our marketplace, a uh, bedroom does not have to have a closet. Now, you got to have a way to get out, window, door, but it doesn't have to have a closet. And some of you remember when you grew up, you grew up in houses where the closets were teeny tiny because we didn't have a house with big closets for our shoes and our purses, and then another closet for our clothes, that has changed over time. So there were times when we would have wardrobes that you can now buy at Ikea because we didn't always have a closet in the bedroom. So with that being said, if so I had a house listed not too far um, away from here, maybe 40 minutes, um, and because we have traffic, and the property had five bedrooms. Four upstairs, one on the first floor, full bathroom, no closet in this room. The appraiser said, Carrie, it really could be a bath, a bedroom, but the reason why I'm not counting it as a bedroom is because every other house that sold was calling it an office. And so it was an honest, uh, it was a change, honest debate. Okay, so um, you can also determine values based on square footage. So if you can't get apples to apples, you can total up square footage and then you can do the math yourself. And again, I know I'm making this sound easy, but I've been playing in the MLS since 2001. And for someone that is that hated numbers, you gotta learn how to do this. And remember, you have to learn and then you earn. I want you to start simply. And at the end, I'll give you the simple steps. So at least you can have a really intelligent conversation with your client. Actually, I'm going to, um, so I'm going to recap and then I'll give you those tips. Here we go. So you need to go back to the original consultation and you need to see the house. Then you need to look at the full marketplace so you know what's happening in that market. And if you're doing this consistently, you won't have to do it every time you create a CMA. Um, number three, know the homes that are selling in the marketplace. It could be based on style. It could be based on bedroom. It could be based on if they have an office or not. You need to know what's moving in your marketplace. And don't wait, wait for a comparative market analysis to do this research. You should be looking at this data every single month. 
I just gave you your Instagram post. I just gave you your market update for the month. Um, I just gave you your YouTube video. If you're looking at this data and you're posting it on social media, you become an expert. Let me take it a step further. How about you take this information and you teach somebody? Just like I'm teaching you, I became better at the learning of InfoSparks when I started teaching it. Because I used to just show you where to click. And then I was like, these agents aren't getting it. I have to explain how and why and how to explain the numbers. Sometimes in the rehab houses, the square footage is approximated and more than the original square footage in the tax record. Which do you use? Appraisers use the tax records. So you, need, you might need to um, ask for original layouts if you can find them. Uh, you never, ever, ever want to list and not tell the truth because I promise you, if you don't tell the truth, everybody can be sued. And I'm not an attorney. So here's my tip. If you're listing a property and you're working with flippers and rehabbers or you're listing a house, and my best example would be, because, and I'll talk about a micro market in a second, would be split level homes where you have a sub level and a, an upper level where you walk in the house, there's a landing and you've got stairs. In our marketplace, appraisers only count the square footage on the upper level. Even if the, um, the basement is halfway above grade, they only count the second, the, the upper level. I don't wanna say two levels because that's not how they're counting it. So here's my tip for all of you. There are about three things you need to do. And I've said this before in a, when we talk about CMAs. And notice this month, I've only talked about sellers. Pull up, go, and I didn't say this. So go to Remind. I'm going to give you four things. You need to go to Remind and print. Number two, you need to go to um, the assessor site. You need to go to your assessors and you need to look up that data. Number three, you need to go look up the old MLS sheet. And if you have more than one, because we can go back to 1980, print them all just to see if there was a change in the square footage. And number four, look at RPR, Realtors Property Resource. Old school for me is I need to see it. I need to color it. I might need to highlight it. So there are times when I'll print it out so I can see if there are discrepancies. And then when I um, get to the house, I want to see what the difference is. Because the county, although we love our counties and the records department, someone didn't may not have made an update. So you need to do your research because if you list a house and you know it's now larger, maybe someone put a second story on and the county doesn't know, you now want to know if the taxes are going to go up. So th those are the four things you need to do. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry, I'm having a moment. This is where I, this is where I need like a, a, a co-host. That's how you don't get your um, cookbook bought. But anyway, so if a bathroom and a bedroom is added to a basement in a rehab, it doesn't even matter to the appraiser. Yeah, it does. Of course it does. Now I know we're all in different marketplaces. So you need to know the rules in your marketplace. In our marketplace, any bedroom that's not that is below grade is not included in the total bedroom count. It is, so if you had four bedrooms on the first or the second floor or above grade, and you have a new bedroom in the uh, basement, it's a, it's a room. It's just not counted in the room count, but it will be counted four plus one. So you can, it would be five bedrooms, as long as it applies with the city's guidelines for adding another bedroom, it would be four plus one. So, so anyway, um, I'm trying not to look at all of your emojis. So in a one, one and a half and a two-story home in Chicago, the basement should not be included. I, I would have to see the house. So if I were, so let me say this. I, when I think of city houses, I think of where I grew up. We grew up, grew up in a two-story home and we had a walkout basement. In the, in the suburbs in Illinois, a walkout basement could be full grade which means I can literally open a screen door and then we are at grade level. But in the house I grew up in, um, only a portion, it was like an English basement. Well, that means you could look out the window and see out, 
but half of the basement was below grade. And you had to walk up about five brick stairs or five concrete stairs. That the basement, um, depending on the appraiser, right? That is um, may or may not be counted as an above grade bedroom, but it is a countable room. And they do take into consideration bedrooms and bathrooms. So it really, it really depends, but I would need to see it. Um, so here we go. Where did I end up? So go back to your original consultation, look up the full marketplace, know the homes um, that are selling in your marketplace, use predictive analytics. You need to see me in another class. What months um, do homes sell for more? Know how to explain market data. Create a market analysis based on your original consultation. And here we go, I'm gonna keep it simple. Compare apples to apples. If you have an all brick home with three bedrooms, two baths, two car garage, detached, and on a standard, like maybe 100 by 75 um, lot, then what you, that, that's what you're gonna compare. Apples to apples. Um, always, this is what I will do because RMLS automatically counts as I start adding data, I will put in type of the home. I will then put in the city or the area. Then I will put in my actives, my under contract and my closed. I might, we have pending and contingent. I might put in pending. And in my marketplace, I'm not putting in canceled and expireds because we don't have that many if you list it correctly. I, we are now predicting that the market is gonna shift in 2023 because the, um, the foreclosure moratorium was just extended again from March to June. So if that's the case, we're gonna need another six months if it doesn't get extended again to really see foreclosures. So we could easily end up in 2023 seeing a change in the marketplace. But with that being said, I expect the mortgage um, foreclosure moratorium to be extended again. So anyway, so uh, the next one is, Create a market. So I told you about the market analysis. So apples to apples and start adding criteria. So then I would go with bedrooms. Then I'm going to add bathrooms. Then I'm going to put in two-story home. And then as the number starts to change, then I'm going to view the results when I get to about 10. Always remember for off-market properties, six months or less. If I'm working in a city like Naperville in my market, it could easily be 30 days because Naperville is huge. If I'm working in, um, in a smaller neighborhood like Broadview, it could be six months. Okay, so uh, always start with the same subdivision, closest to the home, always start with closest to the home and don't go out more than a mile. Trying to figure out how to do a CMA, I have a listing appointment on Sunday. Um, is it a uh, if you're, I don't know your name, um, A-J-A-L-A -A Realty. Um, here's my, and, and by the way, for all of you that have, you're putting your company name in, I'm going to recommend that you make your username your name and then maybe your company name, um, how you name yourself in Instagram, because when you do this, I don't know who you are. But let me say this. What city are you in? What state are you in? Because then I can help you. What state are you in? Um, okay. So then, so my tip is this, if you're new and you need to do a CMA, I need you to get the, I need you to ask a lot of questions. You need to go back to your managing broker. What city are you in? Uh, new Jersey, yeah. So now I, if you were my MLS, I was gonna tell you where the video was. So here's my tip. When we end, I need you to call your associate, I need you to call your managing broker and I need you to say, where's the video on how to create a CMA? And if they're like, well, then I need you to call your MLS or your association to find out where the training videos are. That's, you need to do that. Your company should have a whole packet so you can ask the right questions. So you can ask the right questions. Um, okay, so you need to know the address. You need to ask how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms. And if you have a listing appointment, I would probably go with a two-step if I was new. And if your MLS has a listing input sheet, Print that thing out, and then you're going to ask a lot of questions. May, and I would print my old listing sheet out, and I would definitely print the remind, the RPR, or the realist report, the tax records, and go look at the assessor. Take somebody with you. 
please take somebody with you. It'd be worth splitting that commission. Um, don't go out more than a mile. Um, now, if we're dealing with large lots, luxury um, lots, or maybe even farms or very large lots, we're going out more than a mile. Same city. I would start with the same city. Uh, you need to, so we talked about how many comps. You need three to get an average. I'm recommending at least five. Oh, I didn't talk about micro markets. If a micro market could be, because we have one in Aurora, Illinois, where it's a, there's split level homes and the kitchen is in the basement. That would be a very unique micro market. Another micro market would be in Wisconsin where my grandparents used to own land up in, it was on Spider Lake near Ashland and I know. That was a micro market because there was nothing like it. So if you're working in those marketplaces, you really need to start working with agents that know those markets or you need to do a lot of research. Become a researcher. When you became a new agent, some of y'all make this look really good on Instagram. I mean, like we, I heard it well best. And I, I think um, it might've been Kiana Watson. We were in a clubhouse and she said, she markets herself to attract buyers and sellers, but real estate agents follow because she's doing a great job. She's not marketing for all of you. She's marketing to get more buyers. So we make it look easy online. Real estate is not easy. You have to become a learner, a lifelong learner. And take info sparks to provide your, um, to make a point. But in our, in New Jersey, uh, she might have market data, market view in showing time. So remember, if the comparable is better and you can't find a, um, a comparable that is equal, you need to subtract to the comparable. And if the subject is better, you add. So here's my tip, and then we'll do Q and A. So if you want to get hired, I'm going to repeat this. Number one, go print the old listing sheet, print the tax report, go to the assessor, and you might want to use RPR, Realtors Property Research Source. Print out that full report. And when I say tax records, for us, it is Reline. For some of you, it might be um, Realist. Okay, you got it, market view. That's what you need. Um, so you're going to learn how to tell a story with data. List to, oh, and my other tip is print the listing input sheet. It might be named something different in different marketplaces. In RMLS, it's like seven pages. And I will try to fill out as much as possible until I go to the home. Because if I fill out as much as possible before I go to the home, I will highlight what I didn't know so I can ask the right question. I have had agents say, Carrie, I don't want to bring that because I don't want them to think I don't know what I'm doing. You will look like you don't know what you're doing if you don't bring that. So go to the Dollar Tree, go get yourself an old school clipboard. If you don't want to use that, get your, get your iPad out. And then once you have your iPad, you're going to write down all your notes here. But you need that listing input sheet because that's how you're going to market the home. And then you can build the CMA based on that data. Now, I almost want to open something and show it to you. But in, um, you're gonna, here, the other things you wanna do um, is if your MLS allows you to do a quick CMA, click that quick CMA. In our market, it is called, uh, called quick CMA um, because that way you get a quick idea of what's happening in the marketplace. So have you ever heard of the pyramid? Here, I'll draw it. Have you ever heard of a pyramid? So, and I don't mean, a selling pyramid. I mean a pyramid. So old school, this is what we used to do. We would literally sit with the seller when we talked about market data and we would draw this out and we would say, the seller would say, well, I want to I want to sell it at 225 when you know it needs to sell, it needs to be listed at 199. So I would say, okay, you want to sell it at 225 um, and I think you need to list at 199. And if you list at 199, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, based on the market, there are more buyers at this price point. And if you list up here, there might be one buyer, or we don't even know if there are any buyers. Now, if you list below market, that's when you get a whole bunch of buyers. Because now you're creating competition, real competition. So Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you told me that you need to move to Texas to take care of your uncle who um, has a couple of dogs. He doesn't want to get rid of the dogs. 
and he is currently on bed rest and you need to take care of him and you're going to inherit all of his money and tell me why you want to, why do you want to test the market? Here's another story I will add. So here's something in my um, seller consultation. Do you have a mortgage? And then when they say, and they're like, yeah, I have a mortgage. Okay. What's your payment? Oh, it's $3,000 a month. How much of that goes to principal? They're like, I don't know. When you have a second, I need you to look that up. So you have, you want to test the market. I'm telling you that if you list at the 199, we should be under contract in about 12 days and have about 20 showings. But if you list too high, you might not have any showings. And then what if it takes you three months to realize you should drop the price? You missed out on all these people that have moved on. And now you are the stale house. Because the consumer thinks that if your house is listed too long, something's wrong with it. So yes, thank you, Latrice. The, the pyramid is literally in cloud CMA. So you don't have to draw it, but if you do draw it, it leaves an impact. So while you are waiting, you just spent $3,000 a month. That's $9,000. And oh, you told me you're only putting $500 towards principal. So that means now we're at $2,500 a month. So really you're not gaining anything but about $1,500 over the next three months. If I can get you to drop the price to where we should be, or maybe we meet them in the middle at 210, maybe I can save you some money because if we put the property down and we sell it, then you can take that money and put it into the next house. And shut up. Put this, put your pen down and stop talking. In the United States and Estados Unidos, all we want to do is talk. We need to learn from Asians who know how to stop talking. They are good at negotiating. If you just talk the entire time, you can't let the consumer think. If they don't have a mortgage, you need to determine why they need to move. If they don't have a mortgage, because now they want to move because they have allergies and they need to get to Arizona because it's dry and, and they need to get out of Illinois because they have arthritis and the cold weather and the humidity just makes them ache. You got to find out why people need to move. And here's another tip. Now you can never create panic. So I need to let you all know this, but you can talk data. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, based on the marketplace, we're in a pandemic. And what we have learned is that real estate is thriving right now. What you also know is there are people that are on furlough. They didn't go back to work. Now this is Illinois. Florida is wide open. Maybe a different conversation. Some people got, they were let go. Cause I have someone I know went to high school with, they were let go. Um, there are some industries that can't take you back. They might take you back later at a new rate. Like let's say the travel industry, right? You now know that if someone is one in one of those industries and they are not paying their mortgage and they keep forbearing their mortgage, when we now lift that foreclosure uh, moratorium, they're going to need to do one of two things, sell or do a short sale because they're underwater. Um, and then now we're going to have more inventory. So now you're competing. So when agents are like, well, or sellers are like, I want to wait. This is where you need to have a different, this is where you need to know how to have a conversation. And this is where new agents need to think. Listen, if you want to ask me anything about being a cheerleader, I could get up and make up a cheer. I was good at it. If you want to ask me about sewing a dress, I am good at it. You've got to become good at having a conversation at real estate and shutting up. Because if you can figure out how to have this conversation and make it relevant, say, today inventory is low. Well, Carrie, I can't sell because I won't find anything. Well, do you have somewhere you can move to while, while we're looking for a house? Because now you can sell at top dollar. You might be able to make $30,000 more because I was talking to my Tennessee friends and they were like, Carrie, you can just list a house however you want. It's just suggested. So even though we talked about this, you might be able to test because inventory is low. And if it, right now, if I look up like Kane County, last month, I think inventory for single family was down 70% in inventory compared to last January. You need to have that conversation and you need to be able to say it well. I read a really good book called Saying It Well. 
when you learn how to say it well and shut up, like I haven't even stopped talking for an hour. Just think if I let you guys talk to me, we'd never get done. So yeah. So let me say these tips and then we'll do Q&A and then I'll end. So know how, learn how to tell the story with data. Even if you're in a different marketplace, um, on March 10th, when I teach InfoSparks, which is market view and showing time, and it does look a little bit different in some markets, I will show you how to tell a story to sellers and buyers and read market data. If you've taken the class before, you could take it again because I made all the forms fillable, so you're going to get new forms. Um, learn how to tell the story with data. You need to know list to contract, number of showings, what percent our house is selling for, and you need to know how to explain median versus average, and are you in a buyer or seller's market? You need to show that pyramid. Talk about listing. Um, let me see. When you're listing for the first time, I, I don't even think I have time to go into this, um, but you need to, if you want to get hired, you have to get to the point where you are share, showing your value. Agents that learn how to talk numbers, you will get to the point where you don't need the fluffy CMA. Um, sometimes agents think listings, um, listing higher is, is better. Not always true. It's not always true. You don't want to chase the market. Um, what is your value proposition? If, and even, and if we were to talk about commissions, sometimes you need to have that conversation about commissions and you need to learn how to take things away when they start saying, well, Carrie, I don't want to sell it at that. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Like you just start taking stuff away. And number one, you need to learn why somebody needs to move. Because if they have no motivation, you don't have leverage. And you need leverage. You need leverage. My colleagues take this. So there you have it. I'm doing the InfoSparks training. I wrote a course um, that's approved for Illinois Continuing Education. And I think it, um, if you're on the border and you sell in two states, you can get credit. So um, if you're using this with buyers, you need to just flip the script. If you see the house you, if you, see the house you um, liked on the internet, you need to write an offer before you see it. That's what I need. We'll talk about buyers next month, but I really almost want to stick with sellers for a moment. Um, so that could change but you just need to flip the script. So I'm not teaching this via MRED. If I was teaching it via MRED, it is at no cost, but continue, I'm teaching it via for continuing ed. If you are an agent in another state, you just need to call my local association and they'll give you a discount if you don't need continuing ed. And I will post, while you're asking me questions right now, I will put the link in my Carrie Joe Little. Actually, no, it's already there. If you go to my um, link tree right now in Carrie Joe Little, or maybe not right now, and you click Carrie's February 2021 schedule and you scroll down to March 10th, register for CE, you can register. Or if you don't want to pay the full price, you can literally um, call and ask for, I think it's, there's two Marys, but just call and ask for the education department and they'll help you through that. Okay, let's see. So any questions? I don't see anything in the q and not It's not that it won't work if they don't have motivation. Everybody wants, if, if they're willing to list, there's a reason. It could be that they just want to sell because they can get more money. Because I've had people call me and say, Carrie, I'll sell my house if I get more money. And I'll go live in an apartment. So there's always a reason. And if you learn how to look at predictive data, you can show them that the market... In a stable market, you wouldn't be getting this price. You Listen, it is not your job, well, it is our job to market the home. And I know this is, sounds crazy, but if you list correctly, this is where I like in our marketplace, we have reverse prospecting because I can tell the seller how many potential buyers they have. There you go, Mary Stock. Thank you, thank you. You just, you don't need to send an email. You just need to go to my link tree. Value of an indoor pool versus an outdoor pool in New Jersey. 
this is an unusual house we'll visit tomorrow for a listing presentation. I'm going to say some hard things. Uh, who said that? Donna. Indoor pool versus outdoor pool in New Jersey. And I could talk about pools two ways. If I'm a parent with kids that can't swim, it's a negative all day long, indoor or outdoor. It, it's a negative. But if you have some, but an indoor pool, the value of the indoor pool is that I can swim all year, year long. So it's a very unique home. I would go look up values for a pool in RPR. And, and this is what I would do in the entire, in that city, in Saddle River, go look and see if other properties have pools. Go look and see if other properties have pools. Do a market analysis without a pool and then create a market analysis with the pool. Because my uncle had a pool and um, for him, he hated it because the neighbor's kid, the five-year-old would climb the fence and he would look out his back door and be sitting on the pool dangling his feet. Can you see that stress? So the value of the pool means higher insurance. Um, I'm an avid swimmer. So for me, it's like awesome. My twin sister has a pool in California and um, her kids came home with the do their dogs and she was just as stressed that the dogs were gonna drown because they didn't know how to get out of the pool. So I would create two CMAs, maybe three, one without a pool, one with an indoor pool and one with an outdoor pool because the, um, an outdoor pool is maintained differently and an indoor pool, there's a cost all year round and insurance. So before I answer that question, I just wanna say, cause I'm gonna stop this other recording. If you're listening to the recording, follow me on YouTube. Um, I have some cool new videos on Instagram, on my YouTube channel. If you can't find my YouTube channel, I am Carrie J-O Little everywhere. And if you want the download for today, it will be in my link tree or under smartgirl.media on Instagram. 